92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. What's going on, everybody? Two shows today. You're getting two shows. And I don't know which one is dropping first. This one's either going to drop in the morning or the other one is. I have to figure it out. But either way, you're getting two shows, both on a Friday. Two big things on a Friday. Thor Ragnarok, it's the one that started the shift in tone for the Thor franchise. It was the first one that Taika Waititi um, directed. And it's Chris Hemsworth. It's the thing. This is the last one before we get into our spoiler-heavy discussions of Thor Love and Thunder. And the rewatch crew is back. Winston and Coy are here. And before we even have a chance to get into this, I want to make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe. So close to that 50,000 if we're not already there. Please hit that button, like, share, do the whole thing. We're trying to get to a stand-up comedy tour, a big thing tour, a Sith tour in 2023. In order to do that, we've got to keep building out this audience. And we hope that you will help us do that. Download the podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. And that's the show, everybody. Let's get into it. It's myself, it's Winston, it's Coy, it's Thor Ragnarok. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It is the big thing. Thor Ragnarok. I'm ready to talk about it. I'm ready. And who, who, who's with me? Coy's, I got you. Let's yeah. talk about Ragnarok. Coy's this one's grown me. on me. Winston's with me. All yeah, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're all with me. You're all with me. Um, we're getting a little laggy here, but that's such is life when we're not doing it in studio. So what are you going to do? Um, so, all right, boys, let's get into it. Let's talk about this movie. Rewatching it, what do you think? I mean, it's... it. Prior to seeing Love and Thunder, which obviously we have seen it uh, at this point, but it is the best Thor movie to date for me. Uh, you know, previous Thor uh, before Thor four. I know it's a pretty big tonal shift, um, but I just was never truly vibing with. I, I didn't like Thor as a character personally. Uh, before the movies I I don't really I'm not super into medieval stuff or Vikings or anything like that so like it just never did it for me so adding that real element of humor uh, making him a little bit more relatable made this so much fun when this movie first came out and I felt the same way on this rewatch I really enjoyed what was put forth uh, by Taika Waititi on this one cool what do you think yeah I totally I totally, uh, not about face, but it's like a 90 degree. It's not a 180. I was like, you know, it was like a C for me. I'm not going to lie. I, I just had a really hard time with the character being an interpretation that I couldn't find my way into. Like, I could find it funny. I could enjoy the type of it all, but it never felt like Thor to me. It felt like a guy, it felt like an Elseworld, like a guy that was a Thor of another universe, like meeting our Doctor Strange or like doing things in our MCU. But the longer I've gotten away from it, the more I've accepted this blend. And to be honest, I think even more than Love and Thunder, it was Infinity War and Endgame that kind of congealed this ability because I think that scene with Rocket 
where you still see the depth of Thor while the humor is still happening. That was, for me, uh, a way that I was able to see the characterization as that walkabout I talk about a lot, where he's a, he's a character in search of purpose, a, a sense of self. And so comedy is a, is a common way for people to express a insecurity. So that finally clicked in a way that I was able to enjoy this more. And now it's still, uh, uh, you know, like a B-plus for me. It's not in my top ten like a lot of people, but I definitely get more out of it each time. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Oh, I'm getting really laggy here with this thing. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna try something and see if this works. Give me a second, because this is gonna drive me nuts, and we're not gonna be able to air this if it's like this. So I'm gonna try to do an on the fly thing. And let's see if it works. Okay. Give me a. You second. want us to just keep talking yeah, while keep, you're working keep on it? Keep talking. Well, I, Coy, I'm curious about your thoughts um, as far as. Because I know you said for you that maybe the tone was slightly off. I felt like having those moments of, you know, Odin's death, you're, you're not the god of hammers, even Scourge um, kind of having that realization of, Jesus, what have I sold my soul for? You know, those moments were like those elements that grounded it and kept it from getting too out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, like, kept it still very realistic. You're just kind of laughing while you're doing it. I mean, what were, what were your thoughts kind of on, like, the serious tone elements of Ragnarok? So when I look at the movie, I think of the action and I think of the comedy. I think of the Valkyrie scene. I think of mm -hmm. the final bridge scene. I acknowledge the drama, but it mm -hmm. feels so... Um, not out of left field. It just feels like they were moments of depth that felt like they needed to be there, not that they were naturalistically there. Whereas mm. the action and the comedy felt like it was one weird Taika web. But like uh, I think Jojo Rabbit and Boy balanced the drama and comedy a little better, and Wilder People mm. especially. Whereas this felt like it was like, okay, we need a moment to remember who Thor is. And we're back, and Thor. So like they don't stick in my memory of the movie as well as the action and the comedy do. No, I understand that. I mean, part of the things you got to remember with those with those other movies you just mentioned of Boy and Jojo Rabbit, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Boy came before, but Jojo came after. And when yeah. you also throw in the fact that you, at this time, they're not really giving Taika full reign, he's still playing in Feige's sandbox, and which is a very... You, you know, you're like, oh, I want the dump truck. You can't have the dump truck. You can have the bulldozer, but you can't have the dump truck. And that's kind of what we see up until phase four. I give like a little bit of a pass of maybe it's not always being a smooth sailing, knowing that that's how just we operate in the MCU at this particular moment. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I really loved um, the, the subtlety of the humor because we haven't gone – to that full action comedy place that, uh, you know, um, that will happen. Um, we've, we've said that as a non-spoiler already uh, for Love and Thunder, that it goes full tilt on the comedy. Uh, and I do so. think comedically, my, my, I, I think sense of humor is one of the most relative things in the world. Like, I talk all the time about how, like, I think Shane Black's comedy is way more my cup of tea than a lot of, comedic movies mm. that are like aha like i like more um dialogue based comedy that isn't like joke and punchline like yeah, this, yeah, yeah. to me uh does walk that line but at the same time it was more james gunn's comedy is more my thing guardians one is to me an action comedy that's like more my sensibility yeah, yeah, yeah. no i understand that yeah but this has yeah. grown on me 
Yeah, I, I liked. I I definitely like. I still stand by the fact that I love this one. Um, and I and I I like it way more than the new one. For I mean, hands down. I just think because of that blend that I think is there, and I think that it, it is. It definitely does the major shift when you how different Thor Dark World is compared to this. I mean, the shift is is right in your face. So like you can see when people say. Hey, this is this is a full-on comedy compared to Dark World. Uh, of course, I mean there are comedic moments in Dark World, and like that back in the day when like Cat Jennings was too much. It's like that's she's nothing. It's like it's like you know, it's like Citizen Kane compared to <laughs> um, you know compared to when when you look at it now. But but I do think that it blends well, and I also think there are a lot of great moments that happen that are really serious, whether it's. The stuff with um, with Odin, and there's these moments. Even when, even the like, to me, the combination of of humor that works, that seems like it fits the scenario in this movie. Like as we mentioned before, like when they go to see Doctor Strange and Loki's still falling. He's like, I've been falling for twenty minutes. Like, and but it, it's it's relevant to what has been going on in the scenario and the idea. Like here they are, they're on this corner in New York, and then this thing opens up, and and we haven't seen him. Where the hell is he? And is I've been falling for twenty minutes. It's a good setup to a joke that was set up with without our knowledge. Um, those happen a little bit more throughout this movie to where the comparison of the new one, which just seems like you're just you're at a comedy club, buckle up. It's it's improv it's improv time, um, but this is I don't know this one to me is just the perfect blend and is still my favorite out of the out of the three hands down. Four. I think the I think the I think the big thing for that and again a lot of people will will get this from us on Monday. Um, the big thing I think that keeps it from going full tilt in this versus versus Love and Thunder is the fact that he didn't write this. He just directed. And so obviously he had a say somewhat in what's going on being the director, but you had somebody else's voice really kind of at the core of it. And I think that that knowing Taika, he has a tendency to be even further with his comedy, which you can see the elements that he directs into it. And, yeah. I, and I do think there was a fair amount of improv within that script, right? Like there was going to mm -hmm. be like the, the, the get help, I think, is clearly Taika or the snake story yeah. of, you know, when, when yeah, Mark yeah. Ruffalo and, and uh, Valkyrie, they're all talking and Loki's sitting over there. Like, there's definitely Taika moments where they're like, okay, we wrote three sentences. This is a three-minute scene. Do the rest. And I think a lot of that works because it's Taika is going from A to C, and they gave him B. My only issue is sometimes the B makes it feel like a different character than the A and the C. And so I get like, what is this, uh, you know, uh, amalgamation? That said... I think that Jeff Goldblum in this is perfect. I think the fact that he gets to play an 11 and it doesn't feel out of place is inspired. I think the the sequences with like Matt Damon and Sam Neill and Luke Hemsworth are some of the funniest in the MCU. Like that play bit is so funny to me. Yes. But that all feels like new characters right. as opposed to characters we've been living with. It's kind of the thing I had with uh, Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness was like we'd had six out of the ten moments in Wanda's arc. And then Multiverse did 9 and 10. I wanted to see 7 and 8. It was like we'd seen Thor long enough that I'm like, what is this guy doing? And then the Russos kind of had to rein it in and put it back together. And that helped me like this more because I've lived in that space longer. Yeah, no, I get it for sure. And I think that other things that people will get if they're paying attention to what Taika Waititi does, what we do on this show, you got to have video when you're working with Storyblocks. That's right. Storyblocks, ladies and gentlemen. 
you got to have story blocks. And I know that Winston's finally been using it. Other people have been finally been using it. It is great, and it is the most effective way to capture an audience's attention. As a result, modern storytellers are always challenged with creating more video content at a higher quality, involving more voices in the process, and distributing on more platforms than ever before. Whether it's meeting output demands, time, budget, knowledge, creative inspiration, passion, burnout, mental health, there's too many things that you have to face. Storyblocks makes it easier for you. They have a great library of content you can put together, and it makes it possible for creators to keep up with the growing demands for modern video content so you can bring all your stories to life and stop sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Get yourself there. One of their plans, and you can just browse on their website and check, but go to storyblocks.com slash big thing and check out what is best for you, especially if you're trying to add new, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's competition out there, man, and you want to make your videos the best. So go to storyblocks.com slash big thing. All right, moving on, coming back. Now, I do want to give also credit to Hela. I really like Hela as a villain. Yeah, uh, me too. I think that, you know, we had to get to this point in the story to get uh, a villain that kind of balanced Thor because Loki, obviously, the, the relationship with them is incredible, but that wasn't really the full villain in the Thor movie because that led to Avengers. And then we all know Malekith didn't work. So this was really nice to feel like there was a villain in a Thor movie, and I think that elevates it a lot. You st- Winston, you weren't on board last time. Are you, are you still on board? Uh, I'm not, I'm just not a big Hella fan yeah. personally. I don't, I don't, I think that Kate Blanchett is a phenomenal actress and I think that what she did was great. I just, for me, when we're in the middle of the, the Killmonger era, we're in the middle, we're about to gear up for Thanos. She just rang kind of boring. Yeah. I think there, there was an interesting element of, you know, my, you know, Odin was trash and he just kind of left me for dead. Right. But when she came on, uh, you know, she was a step up, like a massive upgrade to Malekith. Like, let's not even pretend that. And obviously you didn't, uh, you know, it was Loki in the first one and his mischievous nature, but we didn't get to see real full Loki until Avengers. Um, but I think that she, for me, is... At this point, before Love and Thunder, she's better than Malekith, but not even touching a candle to Loki. So, like, I was just kind of like, you have done a lot better already before. So Mm. this isn't really doing it for me. If anything, I thought the Grandmaster was a better villain, even though he's kind of like a pseudo villain on the side than she was. It's a perfect uh, role for Goldblum, though, isn't it? It oh, really amazing. is. Yeah, he's so good at it. Really <laughs> the, the, the post credit, bro. The uh, okay, good for you. We yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah. you know, somebody has to be, you know, uh, revolted against, and we all did our gr- a great job here today. All right. <laughs> Well, the, dude, the prisoners with jobs, like holy crap! Like what a dark joke. <laughs> it's true. Well, the other the other thing that I think that works really well is that they the Loki's nature throughout it, right? Like the fact that he's still he's still trying no matter what throughout the whole movie, he's still trying to get Thor. Like he's still trying. Like the, the whole time, it's like you scumbag. It's like every single time Thor tries to do something, he he just gets he gets betrayed. And I think that that's the um, that I like that they were doing that. And and all, but also, but also, still showing that he's still a good guy by the end of it, you know. And like, I think that's a testament to Tom Hiddleston's like complete and total knowledge of how he's portraying the character. Because even if you look at you know Thor one, he's navigating that hungry, mischievous. He's a little bit more, um, 
not toxic, that's the wrong word, cantankerous. Like there's a there's a there's a rage in him that doesn't quite work later because he has to he has to play those equalizers. And I think taking the rage down, upping the mischief, upping yes. the confused sincerity is yeah. masterfully balanced here. I'll tell you what I also love is and I it kills me every time is when Hulk falls, you know, all the way the when Banner falls all the way to the, oh, he's, the thing, yeah. <laughs> the, the, this don't worry, I got a secret weapon. Drops out the plate, oh. just lands. <laughs> like that. That to me, that again is circumstance, like funny circumstance, as opposed to just going for the joke, right? Like it's it's funny, and it worked, and it's it's part of it because of the whole that even the setup from the very beginning to how we get to the very end, like it's it's set up very well. I just think it's a very, I think it's a very well written movie. Um, from from story, from comedy, from all of it, because even when because it's tragic at like the very end of what happens to the to all of Asgard, you know, and then he finally and that sets up that entire thing that ultimately happens with Thanos, so that, that all these guardians you think that they're going to be safe, and it turns out they're not. Um, and so I liked I liked the stakes that it set. I liked that. That's why when people are like, well, there's not a lot of seriousness that happens in Ragnarok. The hell with that. There's tons of it, and it's, it's a lot of tragic stuff happening on a lot of loss. Mm-hmm throughout it i mean even with the with the eye and with everything it also introduces one of my favorite mcu characters in valkyrie um i'm yes, such a tessa yes. thompson fan and i think she you know the the scenes they cut we heard about after to enhance the character and i wish they'd stayed what were they I by do, the way what were they they there was a scene with her and her uh, valkyrie lover oh, right, in, the, in ragnarok right you told me that yeah one. and and that whole sequence like you know is four times as strong if you're invested in that particular Valkyrie. So cutting that did hurt, but I do think, you know, just knowing that knowledge makes the character stronger. So I I love Valkyrie and I think, you know, Tess Thompson doesn't have a ton of screen time, but she's always on fire when she's there. Well, she's really good too. Sorry, sorry, Winston, but she's, that's, that's again, with the the pushback for me of when these, when people go, Oh, don't don't have Ragnarok doesn't have a lot of serious moments. Her whole angle that she doesn't trust and why she's there and, the idea of, of Thor kind of having her to come back and trying to convince her like, like that. I mean, yeah, he's kind of hitting on her in the beginning and all those things the way that that plays, but, and there's humor involved in it, but I still think that it it's, that's why the balance to me is just there in this movie all the way through, even when he meets Korg, you know, like, uh, like the stuff that he, that Korg's in, he, he, what he's gone through. Yeah. <laughs> the the loop. Yeah. So yeah it's, it's hilarious. But that, but again, Koi plays into the circumstance of, of where hey. it is. C structure. Yes. He gets the B, yeah. and I think that works for this movie very well. Yeah. And I also uh, we mentioned Valkyrie, but I also think this is the best of the three. Heimdall gets to be the character that I know Heimdall to be. Like we get the warrior elements, we get mm-hmm. him like battling, we get him mm-hmm. actually having like his own arc. Right. And I and I really do think that the writing of the movie allowed these characters, even with the comedy, to be closer to the comic book. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I just wanted to say about Tessa Thompson um, and Valkyrie, just the fact even that we, I'm glad that the very least what they kept was the kind of flashback sequence of her in that big battle with Hela and how all the Valkyries except for her got slaughtered and essentially how she's gone into such a deep depression. She's just constantly drunk. Like that, right. she is. She is now just a random drunken bounty hunter because of right. what has right. happened to her. And I think that that was really well crafted how they did that. I, are those scenes they talked about? Are they deleted scenes? Because I never really explored the extras to see 
Yeah, there was a, a sequence where the Valkyrie that we see shot uh, is her lover. And so mm-hmm. we see that that is a moment that's not just losing one of her soldiers, but losing her love. And that, yeah. you know, furthers the the sense of loss that she carries throughout the right. film. It also furthers the connection to the Valkyrie beyond just like anonymous soldier. And I love those sequences because they look like the side of a van. Like they've got that 70s metal album cover, like the yeah. 60 yeah, frames yeah, per yeah, second drips. But that's what Beautiful. I thought. But that's what I thought this movie was about. This, this whole movie is about loss. This whole movie is yeah. about yeah. loss, whether it's Hela, you know, from the stuff that she had gone through with with uh, with Odin and 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 how he uh, pretty much get the hell out of here. They didn't even know about her, Loki and Thor. You know, it's uh, that particular thing, the, the loss of Odin, the loss of the fact that it finally is 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 the brotherhood finally gone. The loss of Asgard, the, the idea of, of still trying to figure out what the hell Hulk's going through, the, lo- the loss that Tessa Thompson, the Valkyrie is going through. So there's so much depth in this movie that is. Um, I don't think overpowered by the comedy, but I think people can say that there's a frosting on it because of the comedy, but it's all there. It's all there. And that's why I think that I do. I think this is what, this is one of my, this is one of my favorite Marvel movies, not just, not just Thor movies. It's one of my favorite ones because of that perfect blend. No, no, absolutely. And, and you're exactly nail on the head, uh, nail on the head with, you know, about it being lost just from the standpoint of even outside the comics, if you just look at, the term Ragnarok uh, from like Norse mythology is specifically about a giant battle, the foretelling yeah. and death of a bunch of Norse gods and the the, the flooding of the world, right. like the destruction of the world. Right. So like when you have that, that's literally what happened. Odin dies. Thor sort of through his eye, though you're about to he's, you're about to lose both Heimdall and Loki essentially immediately after this movie is over. Asgard is completely destroyed. Like, Everything that was foretold about the destruction of everything essentially happens uh, through the course of this movie. And so to also and I think that that's the element of why I like Taika at the helm of both this and Love and Thunder, why I love him in Jojo Rabbit. It's that old adage of laugh to prevent yourself from crying. Yeah. And that's pretty much what's happening. I mean. Thor is literally losing everything and then it continues to go on. And, and I think that that is such a, a vital element to just kind of have in there so that this doesn't just become like a Jesus Christ. Like if you take the comedy out of this, this is a super depressing movie. It is. That's right. And I think that that's probably why there's a lot of blending as uh, of both. And I think that that's why it works so well. And I think that that's why I do push back with people when they say that they're that, oh, haven't you seen Ragnarok? That's all jokes. It's not, it's not all jokes. Um, and it, there's a lot of jokes, but it, but it does exactly what Winston said. It puts a nice frosting on it to show you that if this wasn't, uh, if there wasn't comedy involved, it would be a depressing film. And I also like that the story is so weird that it needs the weird. Like, like, uh, yeah. it, for example, it's it tones down some of the weird of the comic books. But since it's Taika, you've got some truly insane, big scope madness to keep up with it. So, like in the comics, Hela and Fenris the Wolf are actually Loki's children. So he's got like a wolf child and he's got that yeah. crazy goddess of evil child, like children. So instead they make it a family element. They make it like, you know, the wolf is responsible for part of Ragnarok and defense yeah. and all those things. So I think they play with the mythology really well with the comedy. It does. And when Hela comes in, because even, uh, and I don't want to get into spoiler talks for, for the new one, but like there, I, I feel like the reason why Hela is such a, an effective villain, like she comes in 
she's she's ruthless and she's she's like yeah she wants to destroy asgard she's taking out people left and right you see people that are that are, that are going and, and dying people that we've known and see you later that's that's that's, that's the end um and because that's because what's his face um oh god shazam uh zachary yeah back. yeah like so like it's there's there's a lot there's a lot that happens inside of this movie um that I think is rewatching it. It's just and and the and the stuff we're not talking about is the relationship with 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 uh, Thor and Hulk. Yeah, you know? and like even even how we start to see we we start to see the progression of what because this is the first time we really seen Hulk start to say words. You know, like a lot of words and and saying all these things and that the scene when he's when they're in like when they're like roommates in the in the room together and he's all pissed off throwing things and that that scene is is I love that scene. I love that scene because of this sad Hulk and I I miss that Hulk. I missed that whole. What, what, dude? The, I I do too. Though, the, what the the you and you and Thor are very similar. The, the, the Hulk is like big fire. You like water, and he's like, well, no, I, we're both actually like fire. And he's like, but Hulk bigger fire, much bigger fire. Right, <laughs> like right, that right, whole, right. Yeah, I, that is a Hulk I am very familiar with from different like uh, series of right. him. Right, that he isn't just screaming Hulk smash all the time. That he can hold a conversation. It's kind of it's broken, broken. Yeah, but it's like, is, it's like a little. A he's, like, he's like a three year old or four year old. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that, and I think that's. Uh, I, I miss that Hulk. I hope we get to. I get. To, I hope that Hulk comes back. It'll be I, interesting I, to see yeah. where they go with She Hulk and Abomination because we've seen like She Hulk, Abomination, and Hulk are all in that new show. So we're about to get like in August what our Hulk will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, that's soon. I didn't realize how soon that was until I realized we were mid July. Like well, that she is Hulk, a month yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she Hulk's like three weeks out. There's a ton of stuff. I mean, look at it, man. We have we're in what? So, Coy, what do we what do we have? We, oh, by the way, before we, I even asked that, I'll come back to it. We were wrong when it came to um, uh, Chris Evans. By the way, last week and in, in how many appearances in? Oh, you know, we was forgot. It nine, I thought it's in a post credit scene in Captain Marvel. Apparently, we forgot about too. Oh, I'm what, what's still forgetting. The, oh, it's if I remember, the post credit scene is actually a scene in Endgame. You know oh, how it's some post credits. Bucky is trapped, so it's directed by the Russos. It's the scene where Bucky was in, trapped. I thought the scene was the one where Thor shows up. It's essentially the scene in Endgame where Thor summons the hammer, and then she's. And then she doesn't flinch, and he goes, "I like her." You're, so I it think was, you're right. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was is? thinking the the, okay. the Civil War scene they put in another movie way back in the day. Uh, there's a lot of post credit scenes, but yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably the one. Um, trying to, yeah, who knows? Um, anyway, so what was I saying before that? I had something. I'll a question uh, as far as TV shows go. So we have Ms. Marvel that's on right now. Wraps up this week. The finale is on. Tuesday night at midnight, and then Thor is out currently, and then in a few weeks we've got She-Hulk, and then in October nobody's talking about Werewolf by Night. We're getting a horror show on oh, Disney Plus animated. or a horror movie. Animated, yeah, right? uh, I don't know. Oh, really? I okay. I literally it's it's directed by Michael Giacchino, the, oh. the composer you love. Okay, so so next, but next year we've got Loki two. They're already filming that. Yep. Uh, what we've if we got Guardians three? Guardians three. What if the Guardians Christmas special is this year also? Yep. Um. But next year, well, that's that's all we really know, right? Loki. Um, and we're probably going to get more announcements, I would assume, at Comic Con about what's coming out next year for TV. I would assume. Yeah, I think we're getting Ironheart next year. I think we're getting Secret Warriors next year. Okay. Um, I know more like the TV slate seems stacked, but like Secret Ant Man, Quant- 
Ant-Man Quantumania movie theaters next oh, year. Oh, that's I next year. Yes. Ant-Man, Ant-Man is, uh, is February. Yeah. So yeah. Ant-Man and uh, Black Panther's in, in November. All right. So let me- I still can't believe that that movie is coming out this year. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, uh, but let me, let me ask you guys this because this is a conversation I've had. I had it with Roxy. I had it with Ben Bateman. I have it with you guys now. Phase four of marvel right now i know that we're we're going to get more of a question or more more answers supposedly from feige at at comic-con but this phase to me is the i think i don't know if sloppiest is the word but it's definitely not as strung together as well as the previous three like i don't know what the hell the store overall story is thus far i don't know who connects to who i don't know how thor and dr strange are involved with each other anymore i don't know how loki is involved with any of this with the with his series the wandavision was just kind of negated a little bit from from multiverse and it just seemed and shang chi to me has the best story character but like where's he going how do the eternals fit into all this it seems like a big old mess i think this is one of those i wouldn't say Shyamalan twist but one of those where you don't see the forest for the trees like i think there's going to be a thing where we're like oh that was like i yeah i think that you don't make a six-year plan and not have a pull your rug out moment yeah i just think we haven't seen it yet and if it wasn't this franchise i would say i'm being too optimistic if it wasn't this universe i'd be like oh i just want it to be that i think they plan so far they're going to be like haha and i think it's going to involve the dodc i think it's going to involve uh thunderbolts and young avengers paralleling and i think it's going to involve kang and i think all of that is leading to Doctor Doom and X-Men and things like that. But I do think short term, those things are going to be like a big eureka moment. That's fair. I mean, sorry, it's really it's fair because, uh, as you say, like we've we've been in this place where there's been delivering and there's and it, it's, Feige doesn't seem to go into something without having a full story. It's just the things that we've talked about and we'll talk about it more in our spoiler review is that it does seem like there, there's been a big shift in marvel where it used to be like okay we want to get great directors but we want them to tell our stories and put their style on our stories as opposed to now where it seems like well the directors are going to tell their stories it'll be in our universe but it's going to be a taika watiti film it's going to be a sam raimi film um and whether you like that or don't like that it it is a shift in the way they've been doing things but winston what do you think you think that this is uh, this is going to happen i i think that the reason why i think a lot of people are probably off put by how phase four is gone is because they're simultaneously kind of doing an epilogue to phase three i know they said that that's what far from home was supposed to be but truthfully they're simultaneously epiloguing what we just finished while also starting something new at the same time you normally would do those separately you normally would say and here's the final piece to what's going on here and now we're going to start something new because think about it sure you got yelena at a black widow but it really was more kind of saying goodbye to natasha right like sure you got kate bishop out of hawkeye but you're kind of saying goodbye to clint you're not it's sure you spider-man's going on a new adventure but you got to wrap up 20 years of spider-man films you're not really picking a lane yet right and so i think that's why people are confused but i think that the main thing is similar to what koi said is that Feige has been, and and this team has been so focused on making sure this stuff works properly before. They clearly have a path and they've they've left cookie crumbs all over the place for us to know what's coming. But it's just, 
you just got to be patient because we didn't really we knew the Avengers were coming, but we didn't know what the hell they were going to be doing. Yeah, but those were, set, we were yes, but those were set up very very differently though. Where you have sure. you, you were setting up each movie to get a to get really acquainted with those with those characters, and then a post credit would start to set up little things, even though if, even though they don't even think they knew right away what was happening. But but Sam Jackson was trying to recruit Downey to create the Avengers, and and you know even Thunderbolt comes in and sees him at the at the end of. Uh, of Hulk and they start to kind of set those up as they're as they're moving and each little and the, the hammer is is set at the end of what is it Iron Man 2 I think that Iron Man is. 2 post credit right yeah. so like they were setting up all these things that you're like oh well I'm that that was set up and like these little setups like the things that have been set up so far in in these movies even the post credits whether it was now Harry Styles coming in like where does he play in and if he does and even Thanos was set up in the Avengers at, at that point so it's like you could very well be right that they're setting up all these things that eventually pay off way down the line. It just seems at the moment, it's just taking a little, it just seems like it's taking a little bit more longer. Well, you got more movies per year. We're more plugged in now. Yeah. And TV shows. You're trying to do both. And then you're like, like I said, you're, you're genuinely trying to do, you, you didn't have to worry about trying to wrap up anything when you were in phase one, setting up the right. Avengers you're having to let these actors that are no longer a part of the story or their story is going to be revamped. You got to give that time to kind of do that. And, and, and that's the only sloppy element I see is mm. you should have really kind of ended some stuff and passed the torch versus feeling like you're because Black Widow, for example, made zero sense where it came out. Right. It didn't. It, 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 it genuinely should have happened. Yeah, they didn't they know. Had, well, they they got hit with the pandemic on them. That one was that. Of that, course, yeah, that that was a tougher one because they didn't know they were. That was that classic. Um, put it on Disney Plus. Put it in the theater. What do we do with it? How do we do it? Like, do we wait? That's what that they were. They were caught in that same thing. Everybody else was caught in where they like. Here's the difference between them and Top Gun. Right, Top Gun had the luxury of saying we're waiting until it's time. Black Widow did not have that. It's not wrapped in a universe. It's not tied. Yeah. I I understand that, but I'm saying even if we didn't have the pandemic, there is no reason that Black Widow should have come out after Endgame. That made zero sense. There was no, you know what I'm saying? That was a bad miscalculation of you should have done that before she died type scenario. It didn't. Right, because people were calling for that movie. People were calling for that movie yeah. for a while, and it just took it took a while before they before they okayed it. But let's, but we are we are doing. I, I, I know Winston's got. I got to go, and I this is uh, internet. This is because of me because I'm doing stuff today. So that's why this is remote. So thank you for your yes. patience, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, that said, my last thought is that I think it's interesting that one of the things that DC is thriving at is now what it feels like Marvel is doing. And I know there's a lot of like rivalry between the two of the fans, not the actual companies, but fans are always like, why doesn't DC do a big shared universe? And that that didn't work for them. What's great about DC is that they have very strong directors doing their own independent things. Yes. You've got David F. Sandberg at Shazam. You've got Zack Snyder making his different choices. And now Marvel's doing that, but fans are getting mad at what DC was thriving at. So it's just an interesting duality of like, wait a second, this is working. Well, the only difference with Marvel is that they're still connected, where you can put out the Batman and you can put out these movies, you put and they don't necessarily have to connect. And even if movies like Shazam and Black Adam do connect, they connect within each other and they don't have to connect within everything else, too. I think. DC has, has found their stride at the moment. We've gone from my shirt to Winston's shirt, and people are like, that's a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, listen, uh, this is a great Ragnarok rewatch um, for the for the for the first twenty five minutes, and then, uh, <laughs> but but e- either way, we got we do have a full 
spoiler, and it's okay that it's a little shorter today because, like I said, there's two episodes up on Big Thing today, and we will have a full spoiler with the three of us for Thor, Love, and Thunder. I'm going to put my spoiler review out, my own. You'll have that on the weekend. You'll have ours on Monday, the spoiler discussion, and then on um, on Wednesday, Sith Council. On Thursday, Big Thing with myself, Roxy, and Brett. On Friday, we're not going to have a rewatch because Josh Robert Thompson is going to be on the show, and it'll be myself and Josh kind of shooting the uh, shooting the ish. And uh, and then the crew will be back. Myself, Coy, Winston, and we'll be uh, we'll figure out some a little more things to do. We'll be back on Fridays. So what I am trying to do, and I haven't talked to I've talked to Winston and Coy about this briefly, but and I've talked to you guys more about it. We are really making a push as we're close to fifty thousand subscribers. We're making a push to twenty twenty three to start to take this show on the road. Coy and I have talked about it many times over about doing live shows. We'll do some in LA and stuff too, but we want to get to we want to get to a lot of different places. I know for like Winston we want to get to Texas, for Coy we want to get to to Boston. We want to get to all these places and we need you guys to help support the show. Now you can do that a lot of different ways. You can do that whether or not you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. You can go there and you can check that you can check that out. That helps. Liking, commenting, doing that. If you can get one of the sponsors, right? Go to Storyblocks, get Storyblocks for yourself. That helps out. Join the Patreon. Can you do that? But let us know if you come to see a show live and where are you? Where what part of the world are you in? What part of the uh, the country are you in? Cuz that's what we need to do. I want to get to around 70,000 subscribers by the end of the year and then start to gauge because I want to start in New York. That's, probably, that's where we're going to start. We're probably going to start in January or February in New York, but I'm going to put out a, a – because, guys, what I want to do also is what I want to do is I, I, I want to take us to New York, let's say, in January or February, right? And then – but the difference with, like, Schmodown is we would do, like, one big show – and we would, a lot of us would kind of jump on Mark shows and stuff for comedy and things too. But what I want to do is I want to do like a full weekend, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday. Let's say we're in New York and we do, whether it's a Sith Council show, a Big Thing show, a stand-up comedy show, uh, a rewatch show. We do all that in the course of a weekend. And if you're a fan, you can buy the bundle package. You can get all of them if you want. Or you can just say, nah, I just want to come see Coy Winston and, and Christian BS. Or I want to come see the guys do some stand-up. And I think it gives more of, a, of an option. But we're working on it. We just need the support. So um, I know you guys are down to perform. Prince Street Pizza. Yeah, the real one. The real one. Uh, the real one all right guys thank you guys so much for joining us we appreciate you thanks for joining us on the the rewatch today and uh we'll see you on monday peace